Grimly, he struggled to his feet. Tam murmured something, but Rand refused to listen anymore. Throwing his weight against the improvised harness, he tried to put all of his mind into taking one leaden step after another, into reaching the safety of Emmons Field. But he could not stop the echo in the back of his mind. He's my father. It was just a fever dream. He's my father. It was just a fever dream. Light, who am I? Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and someone who's never read the series before read through each of the 14 books in this very long series. A warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Eye of the World, please proceed with caution. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 6 through 11 of Eye of the World. Note, I have not read past chapter 11, and Will is going to do his best not to bring in anything from the rest of the Eye of the World or the other 13 books during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 11, you should be good. If not, I recommend pausing here and then going and reading them. All right. Last episode, we left off with Ham and Rand in the woods kind of in danger. Tam was cut by a Trolloc sword and is having some problems with it. Tam continues to have these fever dreams uh, where he talks about finding a baby on the side of a mountain, uh, some more in Kyrian, while Rand gets stuff together and starts back to Emmons Field. Along the way, Rand has a pretty close encounter with a Murdral and some Trollocs, but he does make it back where he finds that Emmons Field was also attacked by the Trollocs. Uh, He seeks out Nynaeve, who says that she can't help Tam. Uh, Tam is too far gone, and she uh, moves on to helping other people who she can help. Rand goes to Bran, the mayor, for help, who tells him that Moraine is an Aes Sedai, and Lan is a warder. They're the reason the village was able to survive. And he also tells them that he could go to her and try and get her to help heal Tam. Rand goes and finds Moraine kind of on the outskirts of the village, and after a short conversation with Moraine, tells her that he'll pay any price to have her heal Tam. Returning to the Wine Spring Inn, they have a, a brief conversation where Lan reveals that he doesn't trust Tom and recognizes the sword that Tam has that Rand is now wearing as a sword master's blade. Moraine starts to use something called an Angriol to heal Tam because it's really difficult and she's tired. She also tells Rand that he needs to leave the village. The Trollocs were after him, Matt, and Perrin. Moraine suggests that they should go to Tarvalin. After healing Tam, Rand kind of argues with Mistress Alvir to stay in the room while Tam sleeps, and Rand is also very tired, uh, leaving him to go to sleep and have a very, very creepy dream. Once he wakes up, Tam is also awake. They have a conversation about what happened, and Tam tells Rand that it's a good idea to go with the Aes Sedai. He does also caution Rand to be careful around Aes Sedai. They have their own motives. They do what they want. They don't necessarily do what's good for other people. We learn that there's some sort of special bond between a warder and an Aes Sedai, at which point it's also revealed that the rest of the villagers want Lan and Moraine gone. They're kind of running around with pitchforks and fire when the mayor, Bran, and the blacksmith, Master Luan, show up and shut it down. But Moraine also shows up, uh, swings a staff around, and tells a story about a long-dead place called Monethrin. After the story, they go back inside and get ready to leave Emmons Field. Rand is joined by Matt and Perrin, and they start to get ready. Matt and Perrin have left notes 
for the people that they're leaving, so their family and the blacksmith and his wife. Rand didn't, though. Rand actually talked to Tam about leaving. This is something Moraine is not overly pleased with. However, before they get started, Egwene shows up, kind of surprising Lan a little bit, and says that if they're leaving, she's going to. Basically, they have to take her with them, or she's going to make a big stink about it to the village, and the village is going to follow after them. Tom also shows up, because Perrin forgot to check the kind of, like, rafters of the barn that they're in, and and Moraine's just like, what are we going to do? They're here. We got to go. On leaving the village, pretty soon after, in fact, they realize that there's a creature called the Dragcar following them. Large, bat-like, and it's going to tell them, it's going to tell the Merdral where they are. So they need to start going. They ride very hard out of Emmonsfield. They eventually come up on Watch Hill, kind of the next town over in the Two Rivers, where Tom and Matt and Rand all are like, hey, we should take a break. Moraine decides no, and instead magics away their fatigue and the fatigue of their horses, uh, and they keep coming. While that's happening, while they're kind of dismounted and getting taken care of, they have the drag car show up and scream at them, spooking their horses. Now it's really on. They basically can't stop until they have something in between them and the Merdral. Which comes to where we leave off. They arrive in kind of the the last town in the two rivers, Tarin Ferry, where Lan knocks on the door of this ferry master and throws around a bunch of money to get them to leave, or to get them to take the ferry at an odd time in bad weather. So, I, I feel like not quite as much happens here, but also... A whole bunch happens here. A lot more actually happens, but there's not as much info dumping. Yeah. The first section that we read was a lot of info dumping, whereas this was a lot of action. Yeah, and like it's it's the Wheel of Time and it's Robert Jordan, so there's not no info dumping. There's a few big sections of info dumping. Tam. Tam's fever ramblings, and then Moraine's story. Moraine's time. story time. And then there's also Rand's weird prophetic dream, which I feel like has a lot of info in it. This is definitely a section filled with odd dreams, fever or otherwise. Yeah, there's a whole lot of metaphors going on, it seems. That's the wheel of time. And as an English person, I feel like I should be better at metaphors, but I'm not, so I have lots of questions. You're just coming to English now. You didn't go to school for English. No, I was actually terrible at English in school, as yeah. any of my English teachers. You, you gotta, like, warm up to it. But let's go on the first kind of big info dump. When Rand and Tam are in the woods, and Tam is delirious from a cut. He has a whole lot of fever ramblings. One of which I called it. That was. They find a baby in the woods and it's like, let's name him Rand. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. I guess you find babies in on mountainsides when you're at war. That's, I guess. That's an everyday thing. And name them Rand. Yeah. So, yeah, Tam is not Rand's biological father. Rand is pretty insistent that Tam's my dad. Dad, yes. Biological father, no, and I called it. That's fair. Do you have any idea who you think, because it's not confirmed or denied here, who you think might be Rand's dad? I mean, Tam was really confusing the rest of the time. I didn't understand anything else Tam was saying besides okay. the fact that my suspicions were confirmed. Okay, fair. He talks about a couple other things, kind of like all in a group. Yeah, there was Lamin's sin, Lamin's pride, and then the tree of life and the green man, which is clearly just the Celtic god. They've been to Sora. 
is the not the green man that's the tree of life we learn a little bit more about Lamin's sin and Lamin's pride as the series goes on i'm guessing both of them have to do with a guy named Lamin. they do who is Lamin? um i'm not sure how to answer that <sighs> he's dead okay well uh, like, a lot of people were dead clearly so is rand and whoever his name was before now his name is rand rand's mom and dad are both dead to be fair, if Tam's fever dream is to be believed, Rand was literally just born. Like, I wasn't Tam, like, I had to, like, cut the cord or something? Like, cord wrapped around his neck? think so. I, I, th- I swear I remember that. Either way, Tam was like literally a newborn newborn. It wasn't just like some random woman walking on a mountain. You know, as women do, as hike a... with newborn babies in a, <laughs> in a battlefield. She like gave birth there. She, he may not have ever had Nate, this That's baby fair. that may or may not be Rand. Am I supposed to have any idea about who Rand's parentage is? I don't know. I'm just wondering if you do. Okay. I'm guessing whoever's, like, there was a war and yes. it was, the war was at a place that I'm not going to pronounce right. Kyrian. Kyrian. So I'm guessing some sort of Kyrian citizen. Perhaps. Read and find out. That's, what, the second time I've said it? We should start a counter. We should start a counter. So, Dragon Wall. That was another thing. That is a place. Okay. It might be in the map at the beginning. That's the book. You can hear the book. Uh, Kyrian. Kyrian. Yeah, there it is. There we go. Uh, I don't know that the Dragon Wall is labeled. But there's Tarvalon. 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 Kind of the same cadence as Avalon, because it's an island filled with mystical women. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> and their warders. And their warders. And they're like knights. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if that's a reference. So what is this tree of life thing? It's the tree of life. It's Avengersora, the tree of life. That is and it had not a cutting helpful. that I can't pronounce, but we'll try and get just absolutely shit on by the internet. Avendolodera. It's a tree. Okay. We learn a little bit more about it. Okay. It's honestly not huge. Cool. So then they get to the village. Yep. And they find out that the village has been attacked. Yes. Kind uh, of seemingly at random at first. Yeah, but also when I read it and they said and they kept saying it was at random, I was like, this wasn't random. No. It's like it was too at random to be random. Yeah, and they kind of point that out too, where they're like, Trollocs are random, but they're not this. Like, why like one house here, one house over there, and a third house across the way? Trollocs would just burn the whole thing. Right. It was. It looked more like tornado jumping than yeah. sacked by a, a group of weird goats and pig hybrids. Yeah. And we do, in fact, learn it wasn't random. Right. They were after boys born in a certain age. A very certain age. Very certain age. Because they were after Matt, Rand, and Perrin. And they were all born within a few weeks of each other. Yep. Because the Dark One has some sort of prophecy around them. And this is sounding a whole lot like Harry and Neville. It is. And I, I was actually going to say this is, a you know, a little bit of Harry Potter here. Uh, although this book came out first. And it's not like that's a unique concept. But there's something about when they were born, apparently, that makes them very interesting to eldritch gods. I wouldn't be surprised if it was some sort of astrology thing. Because if, if they were born within a certain number of weeks of each other, I don't know a huge amount of astrology yet. So I'm sure that I'm now, I'm also going to get shit on by the internet. But, like, Mercury was probably in some sort of planet 
<laughs> and it has something to do with this prophecy. Yeah, maybe. I actually don't know how much astrology is referenced in the Eye of the World. I don't think it's a huge amount, but you know, the but references is everywhere. Yeah, but and there are also references to Earth, previous or future, if you to believe the premise, concepts in Earth, like actual history. So, like Mercury, for what we believe, is here. Mercury's in the sky in this world. Yeah. So I'm thinking some sort of planet was in some sort of sign that has these three boys, yeah. teenagers. I still don't know what age they are. I think they're supposed to be like 17 here. Yeah, something like that. Although Rand is very clearly with Tam, like, I am not a boy. Tam's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, son. Matt doesn't care. Matt's just like, I'm gonna be a rascal. He is the best. Um. <laughs> Again, you are in for a journey with poor, poor Matram. You're in for a journey with all of them. But so they get to the town, and Rand is super focused on trying to get Tam healed, and they go to Nynaeve. And Nynaeve says that she can't help them, and Egwene can't really help either. There are lots... I forgot about this moment as I was talking about it. There are lots of Rand and Egwene moments in this section. There are. And I dig it. I love shipping things. Shipping is the best. I ship it. But so there's this whole thing that Rand goes on about how their hands are clean, but the rest of them yeah. isn't. I'm just like, why are you so focused on their clean hands? They're helping injured people. Rand has just been pretty severely traumatized. I'm just like, <laughs> he's so focused. Like, it's supposed to be this weird thing. And it's like, they're helping injured people. Of course, they're washing their hands. Like... I think for Rand, it hasn't it hasn't become real that the village was attacked yet. He's only focused on his father, so nothing else is real yet. That's fair. Uh, he hasn't slept in, like, 24 hours. Right, and, like, he got attacked, and he just had to, like, physically carry his father on a cart himself. A cart that they usually have a horse to carry. Well, and it well, didn't even have wheels. Right, so he just dragged his father through the woods, avoiding mythical beasts. And so he gets to town, and everything, like, it's this, like, like surreal state where everything was just recently on fire people are running around and he sees two people in the middle of all these soot and blood covered people and they have their hands clean and in his like trauma addled brain at the moment he's just like that's weird and you know I, I get it <laughs> I get it that'd be weird I guess it just seemed like it was just such a strange detail. And it, there's going to be lots of me pointing out these strange details. Yeah. Because Robert Jordan is very descriptive. So there are lots of details to Yes. And something that he up. also does is Robert Jordan was a Vietnam vet. And he saw some combat. Yeah. Uh, and I think it. If this is where it really starts to come across, where he kind of has a grasp on, like, some of the trauma people can endure in combat, both on having it inflicted on them and inflicting that on other people. Yeah. Uh, you, you start to get a glimpse of it here where he has a much better handle on that than some other authors do. It, it shows up a lot, <laughs> to be honest. So Rand has no luck with Nynaeve. No luck. He heads to the inn. Where Brandolin Alvir, Egwene's dad, mayor, and innkeeper patron, or patron of the inn, I don't know what that phrase would be. He owns the inn. Um, is like, hey, uh, Moraine's magical, by the way. She was lightninging Trollocs. She's an Aes Sedai. Yes. Did I say that right this time? Uh, close. Aes Sedai. He said ice. Whatever. Egg. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> But Bran's like, hey, you should go t maybe talk to her, but also maybe don't because she's a witch. Yeah, witch. But so he goes and talks to Moraine. And he is clearly not smitten with Moraine anymore because no. he's like, what the fuck? You are a witch. Yeah. 
You tricked me. You tricked me. You gave me money and told me not to do anything with it. And told me that now I owe you something. And so now I'm going to go to you and tell you I'm going to owe you even more just so that you help my dad. Boy makes some some bold choices. (laughs) Bold choices. He makes some deals. He tries to qualify that deal, but, like, you didn't do a very good job. He said, he's like, I will do anything. I will do anything in my power. It's like, that's not that big of a qualification. And the qualification comes, he says, I'll do anything. And Moraine's like, okay. And then he's like, wait. (laughs) I won't do everything. (laughs) It's like, come on. You gotta gotta put that up front. You gotta put that with the terms and conditions of your servitude to this random woman you met yesterday. (laughs) Terms and conditions. Yeah. I mean, for Aes Sedai, terms and conditions are the shit. Read the fine print. Yes. But yeah, so Moraine goes, they they all go back to the inn. And then they talk more about what happened. They get, that's when Rand gets all that information about what happened with the village. And Lan, first of all, speaks. He didn't speak in the first section. So now Lan's talking and he is grumpy and I kind of love it. Lan is just a big old grump. Who, who needs... Lan needs some love a little bit. I kind of hope it comes from Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I just... They already have this bond between them, so, like, I would be okay if it's just this wonderful platonic kind... Like, wonderful platonic love between them in the rest of the books. But if it also turns into something more i'm okay with that they clearly have we we learn a little bit about the warder bond here which i think plays into it a lot where they clearly have some sort of deep understanding between the two of them and they're very affectionate with each other in a way like there's there's affection there yeah i I think that kind of like platonic friend love is more simple than what it ends up being but we do learn a lot more about how they interact with each other Yeah. We learn a little bit about how the warder bond helps warders. You know, they get better physical abilities. They don't need as much food or or water or sleep, and they can sense evil creatures. But something we don't learn here is what the Aes Sedai get out of it. Yeah. Clearly there's something, by the way, Moraine just, like, seems to deeply value Lan's opinion. And he clearly is very protective over her as well. Yeah. Which is enjoyable to read. Yeah, and he's not, like, he's he's enjoyable, and he, he is protective of Moraine, but he's definitely not protective in, like, an overbearing I am the man way. No, and he's, it's not, like, an I don't think that you can do it way. It's kind of like a you're taking on too much, can you practice some self-care kind of way. Yeah. Like, making sure that she's not, like, she's very aware of what she can handle, and he just wants to make sure that she's not doing too much at once. Yeah. Warders are I said I self-care. That's that's the take I get from that. Hot take. Hot take. Every, it's like therapy. Every Aes Sedai needs a warder. They also probably need therapy, but that's, we'll get, we'll see some instances of Aes Sedai needing copious amounts of therapy. Everybody in this series needs copious amounts of therapy. Yeah. More, like, way more than the average person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Like, I mean, even, like, we're, like, a hundred pages in, and Rand has already had his life threatened, had the life of his father threatened, and now needs to leave home in order to... He also the, killed a Trolloc. He also killed the Trolloc, but I, I feel Which like... Which Lan found very impressive. He did. He did. Uh, and... Was that the moment where his face softened as much as a rock could soften? Yeah. So... Because that was a great line. Yeah. Lan's face is often described as stone, and when Lan gets emotional, his face 
softens a little bit. It's kind of like if you took a stone and like sandblasted it a little bit and just left the sand there. Like it's not soft. It's still stone, but there's a little bit of sand on top. Yeah, it just it softens a bit. Just, just, just a little, a little bit. bit. He also points out Tam's sword has herons on it, which is apparently the mark of a master swordsman. Told you Tam isn't who we thought he was. I mean, is Tam not who he thought he was, or have you just not learned about Tam? Okay, well, Tam isn't who we thought he was. No. But also, isn't he kind of? He's just a villager. He's no, just a farmer. He was in a war. Okay, farmers can't be in wars. Farmers not are with often a master sword. Not with a master swordsman blade. Okay, that's fair. Because they talked about this war that Tam was in, or maybe it was during Morian's story hour or something, and they were talking about the villagers coming to help, and they just grabbed whatever they could. Clearly, that's not what happened with Tam and whatever war he was in. Yeah. He didn't just grab the nearest thing. He has this heron blade, which is the ma- like mark of a master swordsman, yep. and he clearly knows how to use it because he killed four Trollocs before getting sliced. And uh, even though Ran is kind of like inexperienced teenager he he struggled to kill one and he got lucky yeah and tam's over there killing four and i mean to be fair moraine is lightninging a bunch of them and land is just cut them down left and right but they're also an eye in a warder so they're kind of magical and get a pass on being weird you know my brain just made like the warder is kind of a little bit like What's his face? Henry Cavill. What are they called? Witcher. Witchers. Okay. It yeah. seems a little bit like he's. It seems a little bit like a witcher kind of situation. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably fair. Like they get extra powers. They're kind of big and stony and bulky and. Henry Cavill does have a stony face. Yeah. And especially as Gerald. Gerald. However the hell you pronounce that name. Gerald. Gerald. Gerald of Rivia. There we go. Yeah, the sword's weird, and we learn more about it. While they're talking about this, Moraine is trying to help Tam. Yes, with something called an angriol. Yep, that's that's an angriol, all right. And it seems like it's some sort of ivory carving of a woman. Yeah. Do they all have different forms and that's just Moraine's? Are they all... They all have different forms. They all look different. Is it kind of like a talisman? Yeah. It's a little bit more specific than that. And she talks about how it lets her do just a little bit more. And she's using it a little bit more now because she's tired. She's been... Yeah. That was another moment of Lan being like, self-care, take a nap. Right. (laughs) Even then, like, like, everybody, aside from Egwene about this whole Tam situation, is a little... A little less sensitive than you'd hope they would be. It's understandable. Like, the whole situation is rough. But, like, at this point, when Moraine is like, I'm real tired, this may not go well, Lan's just like, why bother? Yeah. Like, he's gonna die. Just let him die. The only person who's being nice to Rand in this moment, like, truly nice, is Egwene. Yeah. That's because she got a big old crush. Yes. Like, even, like, Nynaeve is, like, not mean. No, there's no... She's a bit, she has a very sweet moment with that where she's kind of like, she like touches his cheek and is like, I can't do anything. Bye. <laughs> it's not your fault. You, you did as much as you could. This isn't your fault. But I have to go now. <laughs> yeah. We do get a little bit, after Tam is healed, we get a little bit of uh, big mom energy from Mistress Elvier when Rand is like, I'm not leaving. I need him to be awake. Mistress Elvier, Marin Elvier is like, Moraine didn't say you couldn't be here but if you wake him up i'm gonna i don't i don't know what she threatens to do but 
I don't want to be on the other side of that threat. No. But she like kind of like lets him like sleep in a chair, kind of yeah. like a hospital room chair, but in an, in an inn. Yeah. And she, you know, she's she's sweet. She she like gives him food and makes sure that he feels safe and that he can be with his dad. Yeah. Uh, which is very nice. Which is very and nice. And you find out in the morning that she left a tray out. Rand fell asleep before he could eat it. But that she's apparently just been, like, switching out the tray with hot food all night. So that Which whenever just, Rand wakes up, there's food. Just the best. She, uh, Mistress Elvira is great. The Elvires in general are great. Bran doesn't take any shit, because right after that is Moraine's story time, which is preceded by the villagers kind of all getting, getting pitchforks and torches and being like, burn the witch, she's evil, she brought the evil. Yeah, I I felt a little bit like Rand and like listening to this because he like Rand wakes up from this weird ass prophetic dream that I don't understand. Oh yeah, and then he's Lan is just like we gotta go. Like <laughs> you gotta go. The doctor's gone. Doctor's gone. But basically, like yeah, like there's trouble. Moraine's out there. The doctor's out there. It's just delved a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Tangents are fun. So, Rand wakes up from this really weird dream. He has a conversation with his dad, and then Lan's like, we've got to go, there's trouble, and Moraine's just out there telling this weird story. Well, that kind of Rand doesn't understand his dream, and he also doesn't really under- seem to understand what the heck Moraine's talking about. Yeah, so there are there are two things that happen bef- like immediately before that. So the, 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 you know, random villagers gather and are like, burn the witch. And Bran and Harald Luhan, Master Luhan, the blacksmith, like, show up like, they're like big and burly and they've got weapons and they're like, fuck off. This is my inn. Or it's his inn because I'm a blacksmith. And, and that sort of works in that, you know, it's the mayor and just a jacked ass dude being like, fuck off. Yeah. But then the thing that really gets them to, to like, calm down is Moraine showing up weaving her staff around in the air before, like, holding it sideways and having jets of flame coming out. She's just like, listen here, you backwood fuckers. Let me tell you a story about a place you've never heard of. And then they all sit down like children. Like, like big-eyed children, like, ooh, story time. And Moraine goes into, like, a ten-page-long story about Manetherin. I kind of love how this tiny woman commands so much respect from everyone. I think everyone in the book is a little bit of a Moraine simp. Uh, Everybody. I know I personally am a huge Moraine simp. (laughs) Uh, She can do whatever she wants. It's fine. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) So she she tells the story of Manetherin, which is like this long-gone place that apparently used to be... Well, Emmonsfield used to be a part of Manetherin. Manetherin was huge, which has a lot of... She tells a lot about a lot of dead people. Yeah. I understand you have several questions about this. I just don't understand the story at all. There... My notes consist of just words that I was just like, what? Like, yeah. Trolloc Wars, Forest of Shadows, Amon Al-Kar Al-Thorin, who is like Amon, the son of someone, the son of someone. Yeah. Um, Which just like... At some point, you gotta stop with the owl something. You do. The names are just getting... I think clearly you stop after your grandfather. And it was Eamon's Field, which I'm guessing is Emmons Field. I I also think that that's probably true. Because the name probably delved. I mean, names devolve over time. Clearly it was a long time ago. So Eamon forming to Emmond. That makes sense. Makes sense to me. But then there's also, like, 
the father of lives and Balsamon. 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 Those are both. Um, the, the, that's probably the most important thing to take from this section, uh, along with the idea that Manetherin existed and was huge. Balsamon and the father of lies are both other names for the Dark One. So, what is Manetherin? Manetherin was a very big old country. Okay. Kind of like, not exactly, but kind of like Greece in the time of Alexander the Great. Huge. Okay. And once their like leaders died, shattered. Okay. Because now Greece is tiny. Yes, now Greece is a bunch of different countries, but also there's still a Greece. But there is not still a Manetherin. If there were still a Manetherin, it would be where Emmons Field is. Okay. And Amon was the king? Yes. And he had a wife, uh, whose name I don't remember, but we'll try and find real quick, who was Aes Sedai. She, as the story went, she, her husband died fighting. She felt it and blew herself up and took all the Trollocs with her. Yeah, she like channeled the one power. Yeah, kind of similar to how... um, Volcano dude? Volcano man from the beginning. That's like the worst superhero ever. (laughs) Volcano man. He has the powers of a volcano. He turned himself into a fucking volcano. Yeah, like if you're going to shapeshift into a geological feature, maybe don't pick volcano. I don't know. I'd pick Volcano. But, like, then you just get huge and destroy everything around you. And you don't want to destroy everything around you. Most of the time, it's stuff you want to be there. I mean, but if I was pissed when I turned it... Like, if I'm pissed and I'm going to turn into a geological feature, it's going to be... Turn into a Volcano. volcano. Okay. Okay. I guess that's fair. I feel like Chasm would be fun. You just, like, drop... Like, you just turn into a chasm on somebody you hate and just drop them down it. And occasionally you can get bigger, too. Yeah. And whole city. Either way, you're destroying things. Yeah, but with a chasm, you can control it. With a volcano, unless you turn into, like, a little mini volcano, but what are you going to do? volcano. Yeah, but volcanoes also have to be huge to reach the, the like, lava and magma and shit. But you can, like, if you are the volcano, you can control when you erupt. I guess. Anyway, this dude's wife is Eldrain I... Elon I. Carlin. I just absolutely butchered that pronunciation. But that's who his wife was. Uh, she was Aes Sedai, or at the very least could channel the One Power. Aemon died and she blew herself up. Saving, but also destroying Manetherin. Yeah, and I guess what sparked her telling this story, and she didn't really... Not do a great job of explaining why, why? it's relevant to these backwoods fuckers. No, and it, I can kind of... And I think that's where I got confused, but I can see why she told this story... Because they were all like, you don't belong here. You brought all of this stuff into our tiny, sleepy little town. And she's like, you didn't start as a tiny, sleepy little town. Right. You started because of an Aes Sedai. Like, the reason this town still exists is because of someone like me. Right. And she killed a bunch of Trollocs. She's also sad that, like, the once proud people of Manetherin have been devolved into backwoods fuckers who try to burn witches. Yeah. You know, I kind of get it. It's kind of sad. I'd whirl some fire around with my staff yeah. if I could, too. Just Gandalf your way through a village. It's cool. Yeah, Gandalf. That's kind of like a hard break for some reason. They go from story time to we need to go. Yeah, the shift there. Again, I, but I guess, like, part of that is Lan. There's the shift of Rand's prophetic dream, which we still haven't talked about, and Rand talking to his dad, and Lan's like, we've got to go. And then he lets Moraine talk a little bit longer than he did Rand because he cares more about Moraine. But then he's still like, well, she's also we've got the to go. He's just like the timekeeper. He's like self-care dude and schedule keeper. Yeah. He's like in charge of the itinerary. Yeah. It took my brain a little bit to find that word. He's in charge of the itinerary and making sure that everyone eats their vegetables. 
that is yeah lan is, is lan. group dad group dad but it's it's group like, dad who's seen too much stuff to he's actually... like the really distant dad yeah. like he's not the dad you go to when you need advice about a girl he's <laughs> to make a second john mulaney reference he's the dad that when he goes to mcdonald's orders one black coffee and moves on <laughs> yes that is that is lan but however the, the one black coffee is not for him it's for Moraine. yeah because it's, it's for his not wife it's for his not wife but yeah so there's this there's this hard break where lan's like we really need to go and to be fair moraine's kind of diffusing a situation and they go into the barn where they all meet up with matt and perrin who are also are going because the trollocs are after them mm-hmm. and they're they're talking because they're a wizard harry yeah um there's some there's some amount of joking. Matt and Perrin are both like, hey, Rand, what are you going to do with that sword? Are you going to be a, a fancy swordsman? They're just like ragging on their friend. Yeah, and I'm just like, come on. Also, like, it kind of makes sense. Their houses all got destroyed, and now they have to leave. Yeah. They're breaking the tension. Yeah. They're, they're falling back on the one thing they still know they can do, which is make fun of Rand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually really surprised, kind of rereading it, that they don't make more fun of Perrin. Perrin's just like the big, silent guy. Why they don't? He could crush you with his arms. That's true. And probably his thighs. <laughs> Maybe. He's a blacksmith. Something tells me Perrin skips leg day. <laughs> as much as a farmer could be said to ever skip leg day, you know, like, they probably, like, just have a general level of leg buffness that is now above. I'm, now I'm imagining all of the guys at the Towson gym who just skipped <laughs> leg day. Yes. Now, to be, I mean, like I said, to be fair, farmers probably never actually skip leg day. They gotta do, they gotta do stuff. Because he's a farmer and a blacksmith. Right. There was two farms that were attacked, which was Rand and Perrin's, and then Matt's house. Right. Matt's farm wasn't attacked because they don't have a farm. Right. It was just their house, which is why they had to destroy a bunch of houses around. I feel like if he had a farm, they would have left the town untouched and just gone to the farms. Maybe, but the blacksmith's house was still there. But he wasn't at the blacksmith. No, but they do know that he, they didn't know where he was, so they had to attack both. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, he's a blacksmith's apprentice. He spends most of his time there. That's true. But sometimes he goes with, to the farm. With the other people who have tree-like arms. Yes. This is a place of many trees, both actual trees and arm trees. So they, they uh, poke fun a lot at Rand, because they're teenage boys. They're the worst. I can I can confirm. I was a teenage boy. We're the worst. Yeah. And then they're, they're getting ready to go, and Lan gets surprised by Egwene just popping up and saying, Hi, I'm coming with you. And Lan, like, almost pulls out his sword and, like, goes after her. Yeah. Which I think says something about Egwene. Egwene's sneaking skills? She got up close enough to say hi. Yeah. Without Lan, this warder, knowing. Well, she isn't a dark creature. She isn't a dark creature. Or else he would have been able to sense her. Yes, as far as we know, Egwene is not a dark creature. And Rand is like... It's like, okay. No, Rand's like, no, you're not coming with. Oh, yeah. He's kind of like that misguided boy, I'm going to try to stop what a girl is doing because I care about her. Yeah. To be fair, Fair. this this is a bad idea. Egwene is not having a good idea here. No, she's not. But, you know, if she didn't go with, how would I be able to ship her and Rand? So People make weirder and less logical ships all the time. Don't deny it. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm on AO3. Yes. Um, but when when Egwene shows up and Lan is like, why are you here? Moraine's just like, yeah, you can come. Well, especially because, like, Egwene just figured it out. She's like, I saw Matt sneaking around, not being effective at it. Then I saw Perrin sneaking around, not being effective at it. I think it was the Perrin thing that tipped her off. Because if I were in this village, knowing what I know about... <laughs> just saw them, Matt. I just saw Matt sneaking around, I'd be like, where is there a badger? Where did he throw a badger? And why is he running away from it? Badger? 
Yeah, in the beginning, he talks about, like, sneaking a badger onto the, like, field. No, it was, go- it was ghost dogs. There's also a badger. There's a badger? Yeah, there's also a badger. Totally missed the badger. But, I mean, also fair, you know, if I saw Matt sneaking around, I'd be like, he's probably running from the frying pan-wielding Slayer of Trollocs, Alsbet Luhan, which we're gonna take a hard turn here and talk about that for just a second. Alsbet <laughs> Luhan, the wife of the blacksmith, killed a Trolloc with a frying pan. We have... <laughs> Rand over there struggling to hold a sword straight and kill a Trolloc. Meanwhile, she just like practices her backhand on a Trolloc's skull and kills it. <laughs> do not mess with the women of the two rivers because they will kick you out of your house, make you do your own laundry, and then fucking kill you with a frying pan. <laughs> Don't do it. Love it. <laughs> Love that for her. <laughs> The thing that plays in my head is that Master Luhan, Harl Luhan, is just like, yeah, that's my wife. He's just And that's basically what he says. He's like, yeah, he, she cracked one's skull. And like, he's like, yeah. That's what happens. He's not surprised. You mess with Osbet Luhan, you get a frying pan to the head, is what I'm saying. Um... So after that tangent, <laughs> um, there is one more surprise lying in wait in this barn for uh, the group now, which, including Egwene, which is Tom just kind of like rolling out of the ceiling being like, I'm coming too. And Lan is just like, you didn't think to check the rafters. Poor Because <laughs> Perrin, Perrin. Perrin was supposed to, he's a little simple, isn't he? <laughs> Perrin is a nuanced character. <laughs> His parent was supposed to check the barn, and Land's just like, one thing happened after another. Rand admits that he talked to his dad, and Moraine's like, what the fuck? And then Egwene pops out, and he, and Land's like, what the fuck? But Moraine's like, something about the pattern. The, a part of the pattern. What the the wheel weaves is the wheel wills. Uh. Which is just kind of a, I think that's kind of their way of saying, like, it's already happened, let's not worry about it. I, I get it, it's just dumb. Um, and so now Tom rolls out of the ceiling and lands just like, this might as well happen. Adult life is so goddamn weird anyway. Right. My life as a warder is already weird, so might as well. I don't like this guy, and I don't like Tom either. Love Tom. Lan doesn't trust Tom. I don't trust Tom either. Because you know why? You know why I don't trust Tom? Why don't you trust Tom? Because everyone in this village is, like, trying to help each other, and they're injured. It was just attacked by Trollocs. They're trying to scavenge through rubble to see if there's any other injured people or dead people or trying to save as much as they can. And Tom is just sitting on the inn steps, clipping at his cloak because it has a little bit of singe on it. It's like, it's his pri- cloak. priorities, dude. At least he helps Rand carry his father into the inn the rest of the way. But he waits until Rand is like right up on him. And he's just like, oh, you're here. Well, let me stop obsessing with my cloak and help you carry him into the inn. That's fair. Although, I And mean, the only reason, the only reason he wants to go with them is just so he doesn't have to travel by himself. Which, like, these Trollocs aren't after you, dude. No one cares. I always got a... Tom always seems to know more than he lets on. That's... I don't trust him. That's fair. It's kind of why I still won't trust Tam. Ah, uh, you should trust Tam. Tam's I mean, best. I trust him. I, I trust him. It's like a different level. It's not like... Tam's just a shepherd. It's not, though. It just... I trust Tam has reasons for hiding why he's hiding things, whereas Tom, it's like, why are you being so sus? <laughs> like, I'd immediately kick him off the ship if we were playing Among Us. Okay. Just, like, right off the bat. Okay. That's, I guess, fair. Tom is a little sketchy at the beginning. Tom's a little sketchy all the time, but Tom's the best. I love Tom. 
after they kind of like get their group together, they start moving pretty quick. And they do that because they encounter in the skies something called a drag car. Which Rand at first thought was a bat. Yes. Which he was kind of suspicious of to begin with because we learned that those types of creatures like bats and ravens can be used by Trollocs to spy. Yeah. Kind of like Maleficent's raven. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's a giant bat. It's yes. not actually a bat. It's um, a completely different winged creature that what, um, can create fog. I don't know if that's something. There, there are several things about the first book that get changed later. The The first book, The Eye of the World, is very, uh, very much inspired by Tolkien before it really like we, we already have hints of it but like moraine is gandalfing her way through town right now yeah which you know hey gandalf's a woman that's kind of cool there are things that change mm-hmm. um, especially in the later bits of the book and really really in the second and onward i don't know if the drag car fog is part of that i don't remember we can also play a game called what mythical creature do you think drag car is taken from i'm gonna guess a dragon no vampire uh-huh. They swoop down, and there is there a thing about, like, sucking people's souls? Probably not, or if there was, I missed it, but if there had been a reference to... They just kind of swoop down on Swooping people. down and stealing your soul, I probably would have written something about a Dementor in the margins. That's true. Uh, there's so many things in this series, I don't remember. Um, yeah, but, so they're riding really quickly because of this bat. Yeah, which has Maureen thinks has alerted the Merdral to where they are. So they're, they're they're moving real fast, and eventually they get to Watch Hill, which is just kind of like the next town over in the Two Rivers. And half the party is like, "We're tired as fuck. Can we stop? I think we're safe. We've been riding all night." And Maureen's like, "No." whoosh and magic's all their fatigue away and the little bit of fun in this bit because it's a lot of action like they're riding really hard but bella the horse is like like, not supposed to be a riding horse she's just supposed to like carry a cart around yeah she's just like rand and tam's like just like a chill farm horse also i love that rand gave his horse to Gwaine. cute Cute, but apparently Bella was the least weary of all, and Moraine's like, you've got a good horse there. Yeah. And which is just like, yeah, Bella's great. Bella is the best, and kind of a running joke in the Wheel of Time community is that Bella is the creator. Bella is God. (laughs) And I don't entirely disagree. She's great. So they get to the, they get to another town and they throw a bunch of money at a problem to get on a ferry to yeah. put some distance between them and the Trollocs. Yeah, like Lan knocks on the door. The the guy, Master Hightower, is like, it's, it's like two in the morning. Why are you here? It, Land is like Lan. Uh, Lan is like, we need your ferry. He's like, it's nighttime and it's foggy. I don't want to do it. And Land is just like, but how about if I give you a lot of money? And the guy's like, all right, fine. And then after he's like, all right, fine, Lan is like, how about if on the other end I give you even more money? Because Lan and Moraine are rich and throw money at all of their problems. Or lightning. Lightning, money. To be fair, if my two modes were throwing lightning or money at a problem, I think I'd be much higher up in the world. But that's where we leave off. That Uh, is where we leave off. Lan has thrown a bunch of money at a ferry owner. Again, you know, earlier they threw uh, what was for farm children an obscene amount of money at them. And then now he's just thrown bags of money at a ferry owner. Who knows what they're going to do next. There's a whole lot going on for Rand. There is. Rand's got a busy, busy life now. Yeah. That's where we left off. Or that's that's where we're leaving off, Rand. Yeah, that's where we're leaving off. Uh, That is the cliffhanger of the section that I read. Yes, not as fun as Tam being sick in the woods. No, that was a great 
It's like that clearly the inciting incident of this. And yeah. I'll probably, as we go through, uh, we'll be trying to pick out like the main plot points, the main plot points. It'll be interesting to see what you pick out as plot points for the book and plot points for the series. Yeah, I'll probably, I need to do some more reading on the hero's journey. So when I plot yeah. my stories, I use kind of a three-act structure. I haven't done too much research into the hero's journey. Yeah. But the inciting incident is something that happens no matter what type of thing. Yeah. And that was clearly the inciting incident. Yeah. So uh, let's do our kind of recurring segment now. Favorite bits. What were your favorite bits? Dallas? So my favorite bits were Mistress Elvire's view on feeding people. Basically, like once she decides to feed you, you are going to eat, damn it. Yeah. And I love it. Like, mom goals. And then Rand and Egwene's bantery bit when they're trying to leave. And so, like, Rand helps her onto the horse. And, you know, after he's put up this fit that, like, you can't go. I'm gonna, like, you can't go. You're a girl. And she's like, I'm going, bitch. He's like, I'll take care of you. And she's like, maybe I'll take care of you. And it was cute and bantery and... That's an, another bit I think that kind of shows the like fundamental shift in gender dynamics where like Rand isn't like offended that Egwene's like I'll take maybe I'll take care of you. Yeah he's like we'll like, take care of each other. Yeah which is the reasonable thing to come to a conclusion of in this journey. Yeah it was super cute and I'm just excited that there's things for me to ship. There are going to be so many things for you to ship you have no idea. There's 14 books. There's 14 so. books and like 2,500, 3,000 characters. Yeah, buddy. What are your My favorite moments? Uh, well, I went on it a little bit, but it bears repeating. I'll bet Luhan fucking kills a Trolloc with a frying pan. <laughs> that might be top ten in the whole series. Although, actually, top ten in the whole series might just be composed of A Memory of Light, the last book. That whole book is payoff, and it's fantastic. My second favorite part in this is Egwene and Tom both just kind of like rolling up on land and being like, what's up? We're coming with you. Because land is just like, why are all of these fucking farm people coming out of nowhere? <laughs> like, I feel land's frustration there because he's just like, I have just been fighting Trollocs and Murdral, and now these farm people keep showing up and giving me problems. I do. I get super big Geralt vibes from land. Yeah. And it Makes me sad that Henry Cable can't be playing Lan too. No, although the the actor who is playing Lan, um, I think Daniel Henney, does look like he's pretty good. I'll have to look him up. I yeah. have to see. He's he's doesn't he's done a, a few martial arts things. I think. Okay. Um, he's a Korean actor. Yeah, and like Lan is, I don't think Lan is explicitly Korean, but the that's not the picture I have in my head. It definitely. But I think I do I just have. have Geralt of Rivia in my head with that's Lan. That's fair. And, and so... in the Wheel of Time, Jordan is kind of like mismatched almost every race. Like like everybody's just kind of like been put into and taken out of a melting pot so many different times that you know skin tones and cultures and ethnicities have all just kind of like been put together shuffled around and taken back out and so like i always got big like samurai vibes from lan even though he i think he's described as white whoever can play him as long as they're doing a good job i don't care i just want he has Land to have to be... a face of stone he has to have a stone face and has to be a badass those are the only two requirements for lan yep i agree so that was chapters six through eleven Next up is some more chapters. I don't remember right now. It's 12 through... 12 through like 15 or something. There's some longer ones in there, so it's not as many chapters. Um, They're getting on a ferry. They're getting on a ferry. They're chased by a vampire slash drag car. And shadow creature. Murdral. Murdral. Yeah. This was not the beginning. We will be back in two weeks with the next bit of Eye of the World. Bye. Bye.